Canaan. It's all about Jesus. It's not about religion. It's about relationships. Where beginners are welcome. Where forgiveness is offered. Where hope is alive. And it's okay to not be okay. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Canaan STL podcast. This is Pastor Daniel here again with Pastor Martin Winslow. And I uh, hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. And now we're getting ready for New Year. So uh, it's a fun holiday week. A lot of you probably are off of work and spending time with family, maybe playing some board games, enjoying Christmas presents, eating leftovers, all that fun stuff. Some of you might even already be taking down your Christmas decorations. I don't know. We don't. We leave it up for a little bit. But everybody's different. But anyway, today we're going to continue, though, with a little Christmas uh, kind of theme. And we're talking about the virgin birth and why that is so significant. Why is it that the virgin birth, that Jesus being born of a virgin, why did it have to be that way? Why couldn't he have been just born of any of any lady? So let's talk about that. Let's unpack the importance of the virgin birth. So Pastor Martin, what what would you say is one of the several critical theological issues involved that Jesus had to be born of a virgin? Well, it's debated, I think, a little, but um, this idea probably of original sin, like was Adam um, and Eve's sin, did it... Did it mean for all of humanity that all humanity was guilty in Adam, or does it mean that all of humanity is bound to sin on their own when the time comes uh, after they've become like um, you know this this idea of of age maybe, or is is humanity like born really sin sick uh, mm-hmm. from the time conception happens? Yeah. And so we would believe, we would say that man uh, from conception is maybe not, they haven't maybe sinned yet, but they're sinners. Yeah. And so genetically, they're found in Adam and Eve to be fallen. Yeah. And so that's why we would say, that's one reason why the miracle of the virgin birth would would have to happen. absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so... my my take on all that that was that's really good. It's a great place to start this conversation. So, here's my um, theology on original sin and how that came to be. Some of it's going to be pretty common. Some of it might be a stretch. I don't know. Yeah. Right? You can you can uh, correct me on any of this bad theology I may have. But so there's no doubt. Like Genesis one, Adam and Eve created in the image of God, mm-hmm. male and female, likeness of God. Um, they were spiritually alive. They were able to, they walked with God. Well, we know Adam walked with God in the mm-hmm. garden. God gave him the grand tour of everything, chapter two, and said, this is all for you. Yeah. Verse 17, though he gives them the one law, the one time that Adam was to say no, the one no yeah. was you must not eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For in the day you eat of it, mm-hmm. you will surely die. That's 217. Well, we know after that, God made Eve. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden. It it reads like not very long. Yeah. It didn't take them long to mess it all up. Right. Uh, Because Genesis chapter three, along comes the serpent. Mm -hmm. Of course, he bypasses Adam, which is the one to whom God gave the law, because Eve wasn't around yet. But he goes right to Eve, tempts Eve, and we know the story. Eve bites, takes it to Adam, and he bites, and their eyes are Open, they yep. realize they're naked and they're shamed, and sin has entered. 
But according to scripture, they don't die right there on the spot right. physically, mm-hmm. but we know that they did die spiritually. Mm-hmm. So now something has changed. Yeah. Right. What the 126 image was is now different. Right. And we pick that up in Genesis 5, mm-hmm. where this is after Cain murdered Abel and Cain is exiled and Adam you kind of kind of start all over. Genesis 5, it talks about how it kind of compares that when Adam was created, he was made in the image of God, in the yeah. likeness of God. But now Adam was 130 years old, and he had a son in his own image, in his own likeness, and named him Seth. So it was like the the author here, Moses, he he differentiates between mm-hmm. the image that Adam had in the garden right. versus now the image that Seth is born yeah. into. Mm-hmm. So I believe kind of what you were talking about, that that picks up this concept of sin and fallenness that yeah. from conception, Seth was in this newer image of yeah. Adam which was an image of spiritual death. Yep. Right? You see all through scripture. Yep. Ephesians 2 1. You were mm-hmm. dead yep. in your trespasses and sins. Romans 6 23, the wages of sin yep. is death. Right? Well, and even even if you kind of take that chapter five of Genesis and you you move out of Seth forward. Yep. I remember I was telling you earlier, like my Old Testament prophet used to call that the genealogy of death. No longer is there this excitement that Everything's good, right? Mm. But now you've got, well, this person lived this long and, and he, he died. died. Yep. And this person lived this long and he died. And mm. he died. And he died. And he died. That's what that whole genealogy in chapter five is about. Yep. Is because sin has entered the world. Now there's this horrible um, foe yeah. called death. Right. Absolutely. And so all of mankind yeah. from Seth on was born in this fallen image mm. of Adam which was a broken, shattered image of God. Still fragments of the image are there, but not in totality, right? And, you know, this. here's where this may sound a little weird. You might think I'm a little off base here, but I believe that's why God chose circumcision as the symbol of the covenant with Abraham, because it is through the man's vessel that the fallen seed is passed. Yeah, right. You know, and so it's it's a symbol of the problem. <clears throat> and right. you know the the cleansing is what's got to take place. So yeah. I think there's no coincidence there. I think God was just yeah. being ruthlessly brutal to me, <laughs> to me right? Right. right. Uh, although a lot of the Old Testament guys would, had to be circumcised right. as adults would probably right. thought that. Um, hey, but- speak, speaking of which, I, so I got to tell you something. I, there was this great meme that my Old Testament prof sent me one time, and it's a picture, <laughs> and it's in the desert. It's in the wilderness, right? And um, <laughs> And it's Moses, and he's hearing from God, and he looks up to the sky, and he says, so let me get this right, God. The Arabs get all the oil, and we've got to get circumcised? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seemed like a bad deal. No doubt about it. But I believe that's why God chose that as the symbol, right? Right. Well, anyway, then we get to New Testament, right? And you get to Jesus. And, um, of course, Jesus isn't born of a man. He's born of a woman, so he's human. Yeah, but that seed is not passed to him, right? That fallen, that fallenness, if you will, that spiritual death. Um, and so this is why then also Jesus will have the conversation with Nicodemus and say, you know, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, yeah, you will not enter the kingdom of God. So because you're you're born physically alive but spiritually dead, there has to be that second birth. Mm-hmm. To be born spiritually alive, right? So, 
Like I said, I might be a little out there, but that in, in my mind, that's the way I process how this all works. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so the virgin birth was essential um, to not have the, the fallenness and to be God mm. in the flesh. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. You might disagree. I've not had time to process it. I I like it though, but I need to think about it. Yeah, sure. But that's very interesting. As is true for all of our yeah. readers. Which then brings yeah. us to we I think a few weeks ago we alluded to this dichotomy, trichotomy conversation. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. The dichotomy stance is that hum- there's just body and soul. Mm-hmm. That's all there is. Um, trichotomy is that there's body, soul, and spirit. Right. So dichotomy, I, I think, would say yeah. that soul and spirit is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Right. 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 And so um, that's a, it's a pretty common discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen that get like heated or ugly because it's you right. know there's a lot of vagueness there. But, sure. Uh, but let's just kind of unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, dichotomy. What are the words? Yeah. Involved, and then we'll bring this back around to the mm-hmm. virgin birth and why that's important. Go yeah. ahead, though, and introduce us to like like the Hebrew, Old sure, Testament. What sure. are the Old Testament <clears throat> words here? So when God makes man, right, he he forms him from the dust of the ground, right? Yeah. He's made out of dirt. That's right. In fact, the word Adama means dirt or dust. Yeah, yeah. men and are dirt so, bags. Yeah. Men are dirt bags uh, from the very beginning. <clears throat> he forms his body, and um, and the, the Hebrew word for body there is nephesh. Uh, and then he breathes into him the breath of life, and he became a living soul, yep. the Bible says. So uh, spirit, wind, or breath mm-hmm. uh, is the word ruach. And so he becomes this living being made of two parts is how some of the argument goes. So dichotomists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of like the Hebrew, the basics of of what happened in the beginning. Yep. Now – You've got an idea when we get to the New Testament, and that doesn't answer the hard question of what about these passages of Scripture that seem to bring up the soul and spirit Yeah, Hebrews 4.12. That we talked about in Hebrews 4. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's a good question. I think maybe your dichotomist might say something like, well, um, Paul's just being redundant. But it doesn't look like it in the passage when he says there's a separation that can happen between those two things. Yeah. Yeah, because um, so, a physical example in Hebrews four twelve separates yeah. joints from marrow, right? Soul from spirit, which joints and marrow is not exactly the same. They're not thing. the same things. They're yeah. they're close. They're similar. They're together, right. but they're not mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, yeah. The trichotomy of you in the, so in the New Testament, the Greek words you have, of course, physical body would be corpus. Right. Um, you also have um, the Greek word for the soul would be suke. Which where you get right. a word psyche from, yep. like our yep. psych, our you know, our psychological, the mindset, right? And then of course, spirit is pneuma, right. which can also be translated breath, just like right. in Hebrew word, be breath or spirit. New in, Testament pneuma. In body, I think corpus is Latin, but soma, oh, you're right. you're soma right. is you're the right. Greek. But yeah. you're right. right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And then what did you say for spirit? What was the word? Pneuma. Pneuma. Yep. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Corpus is Latin. Yeah. Thanks for that correction. Um, so it, it is an interesting conversation. So the trichotomist would say, no, we're all. Body, soul, and spirit. Right. So my struggle with that is, is as I read scripture, um, those that aren't saved are spiritually dead. They don't have right. a spirit. That, that's why Jesus said you have to be born again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, to be saved is to become spiritually alive. Right. So I guess I just take this weird hybrid view that I believe that the unsaved are dichotomous, their body and soul, because mm-hmm. their soul lives forever. 
Um, but then once you're saved and you're born again, you're mm-hmm. born to be spiritually alive, then you become a trichotomist. So, so would you even say this maybe <clears throat> to take that a little bit further, maybe clarify that. So would, would you, would you not just say that they become alive spiritually, but that they receive the Holy Spirit? Yes. And yes. Is the Holy Spirit what makes you a trichotomist? Um, well, I believe you have to have the Holy Spirit before. Yeah, you would have well, a spirit. Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. brings us to life, mm-hmm. right? He He regenerates us. But that regenerated heart, that regeneration in mm-hmm. the new birth is us becoming spiritually alive, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm just so we're able to have a relationship with God because yeah. God is spirit. Jesus says, right. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship right. him in spirit and in truth. Right. And Paul even talks about his spirit, mm-hmm. you know. So there's a difference between the Holy Spirit yeah. and our spirit. Yeah. Right, our spirit is given life by the Holy Spirit. Yes, but um, not exactly yeah, the yeah. same. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I might be on shaky ground. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, and I wonder. In, in because, my mind, it works biblically <laughs> because the spirit lives inside, dwells inside the believer. Yes. So is that the spirit that's alive, or you're saying there's a new birth, like there was something that wasn't there before, Yes. and there's a conception of something new, and that's your spirit now. That's my understanding. Which the Holy Spirit also indwells, or yep. is a part of that. Gives home. life to Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to understand it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what kind of feedback we get on this one. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have, I don't think we've gotten hardly any emails about the podcast. Right. You know, but we might now. Yeah. We, we might. We might. <laughs> it's all good. Bring it on. It's a good yeah. conversation. Just trying yeah. to figure all this stuff out, you know. We're all men on a journey. Yeah. And women on absolutely. a journey to for truth and know what the Lord does and how he does it. Yeah. Well, and you can see real clearly like in John in John 5, so he gets down the road a little bit from that conversation with Nicodemus, and Jesus says, there's an hour that's coming and now is mm-hmm. when men will hear the voice of the Son of Man and those who hear will live. Yes. Right? So so there's there's death there. They're yep. not alive. And then there's this new life. And then he moves on and he says, there's an hour that's coming in the future mm. when men, all the men will hear and women in the graves and will hear the voice of the Son of Man and they'll live. And some will receive a resurrection body to death, some will receive one to life. That's right. But... It does seem like, you know, if you tie that with John 3, that there is this new birth. And new, and birth can only happen at the conception of something new. That's right. So I think your argument might be really pretty good. Although I've never heard any trichotomists argue from that perspective, but I've really never read that much about it either. And I can't I can't remember if they argue mm. that idea anyway. Is that original, like in your mind, or is that well, something uh, it is, but that doesn't mean it hasn't been said before. Right, right, I mean, right. Solomon said, sure. there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. But yeah. I, I've never read my belief before on that. Yeah, you know I what gotcha. I mean? I've never yeah. read somebody say, oh, yeah, that's what I believe. Nah, mm-hmm. No. But i I, I got to be honest. I haven't read a lot of books on dichotomy, trichotomy either. Yeah, so right. I've read articles. Been but, a while. Yeah, entries in systematic theology books, but yeah. you know, not like a whole book on the subject. Yeah. That would probably be pretty boring. After a while. I, I think it would. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's easier just to say, what does John Piper believe? Yeah, absolutely. John McCarthy. What does John yeah. MacArthur say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is John MacArthur? Is he a dichotomist? What is John MacArthur? John MacArthur's a di- If I remember right, he's a dichotomist. Okay. And he goes back to Genesis 1 and says, mm-hmm. man made God in two parts, or God made man in two parts. Yep. Body yep. and soul. But that doesn't answer the question again of the interpretation of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which is a tough yeah. passage. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've heard some say that the spirit occupies the soul. Mm. Yeah. Now that's yeah, that's an interesting thought mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Yeah. You know, we'll know one day for sure. Yeah, but I'll tell you this, and just just to kind of bring it down and make it practical, and you you've seen this before too. It is interesting when sharing the gospel, like in the past, there is this. Um, you can see Ephesians two play out really well in people that there is a deadness. Yep. There is a. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a, a lot of times we think, well, they're just stubborn. They won't believe. But more than that, the inability mm. to believe. That's right. The, the, the just the inability uh, for the gospel to make sense. And then when people get those spiritual eyes, like First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 talks yeah. about, things of the Spirit can't be seen by the natural man. That's right. Because they're spiritually discerned. But That's when right. you see that light come on. Absolutely. Right? It is new life. It is. It absolutely and, and is. And you think back to your conversion or mine, mm-hmm. and that that is what, it's like a conception of something new. That's right. Which my spirit came yeah. to life somehow. Well, you know, Second Corinthians 4 talks yeah. about this, how um, the enemy, the, the the prince of the power of the air, talking about Satan, yeah. how he blinds those who don't believe mm. so that they cannot hear the gospel right. and understand. Right. So the whole idea is that it takes God to remove those blinders, yeah. to remove that veil. And um, yeah, and when that happens, something new is born. Yeah. Yeah. The new birth. It's, it's almost like, you know, whenever I used to teach a class um, – at the school, you know, I would have these kids, I'd be teaching Greek or New Testament or something, and you have a kid have like an aha moment. Mm. And it's just like, bing, everything yep. makes sense. Yep. Or or like a math problem. Yeah. You know, you just kind of get this aha moment. I remember my spiritual awakening was kind of like that. It mm. was just a supernatural work of, of the Lord. One minute, I wanted to do everything my own way. And the next minute, right, this change had happened where... I was on my knees before God asking for forgiveness and repent, repenting of sin and mm. and asking him to cleanse me and just at the foot of the gospel. It was like my eyes had been opened. Mm. That spirit had come to life. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we just did a funeral for Wayman Starnes. What mm. a great fella. Love him. Um, but he was, he was saved at the age of 40. Mm. Before that, he thought he was saved. I mean, he believed in God. Yeah. He would go to church some, you know. Yeah. But... It, the Lord never was his passion. He just, he had never been truly born again. That's his right. words. I, I never, I had not been truly born again. Mm-hmm. And he came under conviction and uh, the Lord saved him. Yeah. And he immediately was changed. Mm. Immediately. And he talks, he talks about that a lot, you know, like yeah. he jokes around. I love the way he told this story, but he came to church the first night after he'd been saved. He came to church, I think it was a Wednesday night. And uh, he had just been to tr- that church on Sunday. Yeah. And he came in Wednesday night and says, I don't know what happened to all you people, but Sunday I couldn't stand any of you. Tonight I love every one of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Totally Wayman stuff right there. Yeah. Right? But I just there's a transformation. Yeah. There was a new birth. Mm. There was he was not the same man. Yeah. You know, and um You know, the the opposite of that too, one time I remember my theology professor, Dr. Mark Devine, he's at Beeson uh theological theology school now. But I remember him saying something similar, but kind of in the opposite way is he said, I'm rolling a joint because I love drugs. And he said, before I was done rolling that joint, I hated it. Mm. And I just, I never, like God had put in his heart, he had radically saved him in that moment mm. where he did not want drugs. He went, he went one moment he wanted them. Yep. The next moment he was tired of them and he didn't want anything to do yeah, with it. That's you know? really good. He hated what God hated. Yep. And like you said, Wayman loved what God loved, his yep. church. I remember growing up in a, the church in Tennessee, just a little country church, you know, country pastor. Um, 
He was a godly man, not mm-hmm. not not a very smart guy, you know, because he he wasn't all educated, but he just loved Jesus and he loved to preach the word. Mm-hmm. But here's what he's in it. What he said was so wise, you know. He said that he just had that wisdom. But he said this. He says, "When God really saves you, He changes your want to." Mm. I like that was it. So good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, changes your want to. Yeah, yeah, that's I love really it. good. Never forgotten that. Mm. Never forgotten that. So the virgin birth, yeah, it's really important. You know, I mean, for many reasons. Yeah. Um, one, and also was prophesied about. So, yeah. in addition to the fact that Jesus had to be born yeah. as a man, but free from the fallen nature mm-hmm. of man. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, it's also prophesied about Isaiah yeah. seven fourteen. Mm-hmm. So it had to be. Yeah. There's just so many reasons that virgin birth is so important. Yeah. You start throwing you start throwing the things like that out. Yep. And you're in heresy and it just it doesn't work. Right. You know, right. it doesn't work. So it's good stuff. All right. Well, I hope all of you had a Merry Christmas and I uh, hope you have fun celebrating the new year. And we got uh, some pretty fun things planned coming up for Canaan STL podcast is we will get, be getting to eschatology pretty soon. Um this first half of the year and both probably on Sunday nights and on podcasts. So uh, look forward to that. We'll talk about the different views like premillennial, dispensational premillennial, historical premillennial, postmillennial, amillennial. Some even call it panmillennial. Just hopes it all pans yeah. out in the end, yep. right? And, and we'll solve it once and for all. We, we will. We will solve the <laughs> problems. Yes. Hear it here first. Absolutely. <laughs> While we're at it, I want to solve the problem of predestination and human responsibility, you know what, too. Let's, let's do that right now. Yeah, after. we'll do it. Yeah, we'll take yep. care of all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, hope you have a great new year. Um, got big plans for 2022. I know God's doing a lot of great things here at Canaan. So it's going to be an exciting year. Exciting year. So, Until then, we'll talk to you next time on Canaan STL Podcast.